ten years. Three boys. One question. Are we friends? Why, hello there, and welcome to Camp Are We Friends? I'll be your first counselor, Taylor. I'm your co-co-host, Brian. And I'm Jorge. And this is the camp where we like y'all more than alcohol, and we talk about our feelings and friendship and all the things that we're into <laughs> week after week. And this special week, we get to spend it with you. What? When did Disney take over every camp in America? Why is that like... <laughs> It's like a weird, deranged, goofy voice that you're doing. Well, I was trying to like be as camp counselory as possible. Is that what you ca- sounded like at camp? Every time. God, I hope <laughs> it was. I'm sorry, your son has sun blisters. That's I why was- everyone was so afraid of him. I was like, who is this guy? I don't think I would ever go to a camp again. Any yeah. type of camp. Not your camp, not a camp, not space camp. No camps if that guy greeted me at once. No, one of my favorite things to do when I was working at camp, especially to my employees, that they would ask me a question and I would just look them dead in the eyes and say, I want you to ask me that question again, slowly, and really hear yourself. Buddy. And I, <laughs> buddy. <laughs> okay, so what are we talking about today? Uh, it is my week because things got finagled the way they are. So we are going to be talking about slashers thus the camp tie-in and my thematically consistent intro so can slash- i can i start off with the first question yes have you ever heard a single camp counselor in any slasher film talk like that Ooh, no exactly that's what i thought i'm just saying the genre is dead so maybe <laughs> it would have been saved had they done more of that the genre is dead yeah died slash twice now Slasher films are dead. It's died twice. They now. no longer make slasher films. No, they it they, people <laughs> fucked off about them after 1984. There was that weird period with Scream. 84. Where we, that's hilarious. That's my golden age right there. 78 to 84, dude. And then like fucking that's what it says on Wikipedia right here. And then there. So it's not. So <laughs> it's <fuck> Wikipedia. <laughs> so it's not. Two. It's also not your golden age. It's Wikipedia's golden age. <laughs> it's that the you collective. Stole. It's the idea. It's the collective con- unconsciousness idea of the golden age. You just Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scotted that information. And you know what? The Office was comedy gold. Do you not want our <laughs> podcast to be funny, Brian? I don't really want it to be like The Office. I don't want Personally. anything. <laughs> I'd like yeah. The Office's audience. But yes, we are talking about slasher films, and bringing up that golden age is very interesting. Um, I guess we can start with the history of the slasher film, kind of go through a basic timeline of it. Taylor was kind of already doing that in a rapid defense of his use of wikipedia i wish we could put like a sweet 80s jam here to bring us back well 70s really is where it starts yeah oh absolutely it's well we've got a weird situation because we've got um we've got one film uh psycho in 1960 i believe Mm. it's 1960 or so in the 60s no matter what uh that is not necessarily the kickoff point for it but it is kind of a predecessor to those styles of film much like of how excuse me 1960 you're right 1960 perfect i'm so good at this uh i only talk about films all the time sort of how like german expressionism in the 20s is a precursor to film noir the next decade sure. later um we have psycho that features this norman bates doing all this stuff and then mid 70s 1974 
is when Black Christmas comes out, directed by the same guy who do you know these? No, Bob, I, I know the movie. I don't. Bob Clark directed this film. He also directed such actual an actual classic in A Christmas Story. <laughs> what big Christmas? Oh, he did a Christmas story. So just Christmas in every genre. And he also directed, and I'm dead serious. You can look it up on the computer. Baby geniuses. Whoa! So this man has been twisted good. for years. Well, so he is not the man I want to meet. His agent is the man <laughs> I want to meet. The one who says, "Look, I've got the one. You've been slogging it for a while. This is the one that's going to put you on the map. Put you back on top, buddy. <laughs> Baby geniuses." <laughs> I love it. I do. Did I read the script? I read it and I devoured it. Devoured it. <laughs> Literally, I, was, I ate it all up, and I now have to write a new one. I was about to say devoured it, and I completely forgot that, that is a quote from the producers, right? Yeah. Beautiful. But I would want to see this guy yes. look in his agent's eyes like, I ate it like mashed bananas out of a jar. <laughs> I am the baby genius. <laughs> all I have to say is, goo goo. God, God. Jesus Christ. This is a movie. I've, I've killed him. Four baby geniuses by baby geniuses. Funded by Baby Genius. What is the third one in that? Th- I wish, because I always know it's by whoever for whoever. But there's a third thing when they when that's the slogan oh. for something. Oh, there's uh, there's of the people uh, by the people for the people uh, of the people. I thought no. it was by the people of the people for the people. Is it of of the of by for the people? I feel like that's always how they label zines. You know, yeah. <laughs> of the people by the people for the people. Book by, book by Abraham Lincoln and Gabor Borat. Yes, that famous secondary author, Gabor (laughs) Gorborid. But yes, so um, Black Christmas kind of is a real progenitor of the slasher genre. Same year, uh, another important one comes up, which I'm sure uh, we all are aware of, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm. Exactly, yes. Same year, 1974. Beautiful, dude. That is, oh, you haven't watched the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. There's nothing to say about it, really, but you should you was, should go fucking watch it. I that. was going to say, there isn't really anything to say about it. It's just, go watch it. Yeah, fucking nightmare on film. Oh. Crazy. Makes it makes daylight scary. That's the only thing I'll say. Um, makes fucking Texas scary. You've got, <laughs> Texas was already scary to me. I'm a little wimpy boy, and if riding through there, I'd be like, I'm out of here. Oh, yeah, no. There's, there's a lot of guns in Texas. Like uh, A lot of white uh, people in Texas. A lot of whites. <laughs> a lot of, a lot of right. non-whites in Texas, let's be fair. Of course. But, oh, like, we see way too much of the whites out of Texas. I just feel like sure. they're allowed to do stuff to me while I'm there. You know, I feel yes. like the, the law is still not fully in place. <laughs> you are in the Volkswagen bus on your way to your grandfather's grave. Thinking or I'm whatever. having a good time. It's not going to be any big thing. Pick up some <laughs> chewing tobacco, enjoy the sights, you know, really do the Texas thing. It just feels like when you get to the border of Texas, it should just say, Welcome to Texas. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I've I've noticed this. It's and then a the sign out is just whew. <laughs> it's a almost quantum, almost metaphysical phenomena. If you have, if you've ever driven through Texas, I'm sure you've experienced it. No matter how far you drive in Texas, the first day, if you don't make it all the way through Texas, you still have the entirety of Texas to oh, drive yeah. through the next day. It is an impossibly large state. <laughs> so let me let me keep going. I'm, I'm I Please didn't do any research. But so I'm going off of just kind of what I anecdotally You roughly know. know what's next. So, well, I mean, there's movies like The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which are clearly, I mean, I, I'd be hard-pressed to call it a slasher, 
it's they it's are definitely a progenitor. Proto slashers yeah. is the the easier term, but yeah, like they are the yeah. things that influence. But up it there. it doesn't take too long, I think, because of hit films like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. For in the later seventies and then especially early eighties, they have like the classic camp yeah. slasher, Friday Thirteenth being a big one. Yeah, but that's nineteen eighty before Halloween. Halloween is nineteen seventy eight, which is if you think of Black Christmas is sort of like writing an initial text on it and Halloween is going, no, 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 I'm taking some of the things you used, but I'm putting the actual thing down. Like Halloween heard the story from Black Christmas. Black Christmas was like, oh, here's this cool story. And Halloween went, I'm writing it down formally and I'm making it what it is well, today. Black Christmas is like a straight slasher, but yeah. I feel like Halloween's the one that started shoving these tropes in there. And they're like, exactly. Ooh, we're yes. gonna we're going to build something. It brought here. it up and made it like, here are these things you can do with it. Then would it be correct to say that once all the kind of the, the tropes of the genre had been established that, um, what's it called, Friday the 13th is really our first full slasher. Like yeah, everything's that's one, down. Because Friday the 13th was like, I was born in this shit, dude. I didn't, I'm, yeah. I'm here to perfect this motherfucker. That's a know? good way to put it. It's the Gen Z on the internet of slashers. <laughs> of course. And it, I was going to say it's the Urukai of slashers because it was made by the original slasher, from the original slashers, and it is the perfected ultra like uber form of them yeah, yeah. and you, you said there was a there's a death to this period I, I will what i do know is that eventually the fucking what is the organization that tells movies they can't be awesome ncap ncaap yeah them they were like you guys are causing way too much murder and mayhem and it's too realistic like the slasher genre what does mcap stand for national cinemagraphic association of american something it's that, and then the other one that I feel like is the well, one the you're thinking MPAA about. Well, the MPAA is the rating system. That's yes. the one. Sorry, NPAA, the Motion Picture that's Association the one of America. America. <laughs> yes, that's NCAP is NCAAP, which is not. I was close to saying the NAACP, but I mixed up the letters. It's Moving MPAA. On. <laughs> they, so they basically can't get over that he thought the NCAA. <laughs> no, 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 no. NAACP. NCAP, N- no, you know, I was like, do you know yeah, what dude, NCAP whatever. is? NCAP is the National Camping Association Program, which <laughs> like determines what Boy Scout camps have to do. NCAP is something that I had to do they to sh- run camp. Back to the beginning of the episode, Incredible. full circle, camp, Friday the 13th, consistent. Incredible. To be so, fair, they basically were like, yes. You're no more, no more killing people. You guys got to stop, yeah, like, murdering so hard because it started to become. They stopped making good movies as much, and it was like they started doing Friday Thirteenth, pushing just the gruesome deaths and like the body counts got higher and higher. Higher in continued movies. to like make yeah. the characters weaker. It, yes. it started to become almost gore porn. Not quite. We had worse stuff then. There's like, a formal age America, of torture porn, but yeah, yeah, like in America, that's like where it was going and what people did to get around that was make slashers basically less realistic, which is how we get Nightmare on Elm Street. Yes. And so just, I think, I believe Nightmare on Elm Street is the beginning of the end of that era of slashers. Is that 84? It is 84. Yes, I'm so good at this. Um, So on that's an interesting (laughs) point that you bring up about the MPAA, uh, saying that this was too much, it was too much violence. Do you know what uh, most scholars of film attribute, like the torture porn genre, like owes its genesis to? No, and I, I don't even know exactly what would be considered part of the torture porn. They genre. usually call Saw in two thousand and two. Really, like and for like the the it's way a bad like, faith thing to say, but it is kind of like a proge- an accidental progenitor of 
the genre. We've had way more fucked up movies than that for a very long time. Right, but like mainstream box office hits. Yeah. Like these are things that Fair come enough. out in big releases yeah. and it's nothing but people getting straight murdered. Most scholars agree was 9-11. That just like there's a fundamental shift in the genre of main, like uh, the sh- shift in the genre of horror, like what got the box office hits. Yeah. It really stopped being slashers and creatures and everything else and it really became like more nihilistic. I'm going to torture you because you weirdly deserve it. Uh, and that you know, like, or for purge, no reason whatsoever, like yeah, just because the yeah. purge, you know, the saw was eight films, all of which were had theatrical releases, something like that. Yeah, yeah. So like, Wouldn't that's stop what making money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is interesting because horror, you can always like know kind of what's going on in in society overall by oh, like yeah. what types of movies are popular, which is really and they what only are make people the afraid movies of? that are popular. So it's yeah. it's it's really interesting when you get into all that. But getting back to slashers, yes. So we're saying like starting around Halloween and ending around Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, I would say formally. Formally, I guess. I think the '80s. I think they got through the '80s, and I think the real end. Although you could be coming, you could be talking about this later. I think the end is Scream. Scream is nineteen ninety nine. See, I would call it. No, yeah, it's I would 90, call, but I would call Scream. Uh, like a, a revival of, of slasher films that are more meta. Cause me- that, okay, that's what I was going to ask is how are we... 96. Like, what do we feel? Yeah, 96, okay. Because I know Taylor's reading that Wikipedia article and the more I think about it, I do kind of agree. I, I closed out of that tab the second you guys flamed me for it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm kind of agreeing with it now because yeah. it, oh. it's because uh, this meta aspect to it became like a core part of slasher films and I think that came with Scream and has like continued to persist to this day with things like Cabin in the Woods. Uh, and then you know, I would less also, less important things. Afterwards. I would also say it inherently requires the genre to either be dying or dead to even turn around, look back, and say, "Here are the conventions, and here are we how here are how we are subverting them." Which is why you know I would I mean? say, like, yes. yeah, we so end with, with Nightmare on Elm Street, and then we restart with Scream. We Wes Craven with- marking the both the end and the next beginning <laughs> of slashers. Yeah, he kind of closed the book on the first. Beautiful, one John, John Carpenter. Directed Halloween. What no, are we starting with? Wes Craven ended, ended with. Oh, oh, right, right. The original right. run. Yeah. No, you're right. And started their second run of. But the night, I mean, in terms of 90s slashers, they're not. Scream was kind of it, right? Can you think of anything else? I mean, it's uh, not off the top of my head. Scream 2. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> they, they're Scary really. Movie. <laughs> that was Come a parody on, of man. Scream. Yeah, that was a parody of a thing that's already meta. But it did create something that we really like now which is being met about yes. horror films to the point that we're kind of sick of it at this point later on we have things like tucker and dale versus evil as well which is a comedy yes. slasher meta awesomeness movie which were and i would say cabin in the woods to the same effect yeah cabin in the woods same same type of deal but they're all those are all smartly done which i think gives them a pass um we yeah, have well, run into in this i'd say 2007 was the start of it because i think that's when rob zombie did it uh, we've basically got into the fold. We did a brief stint of remaking the tried and true slashers. Yeah. Uh, two of them happened recently with Child's Play and Halloween 2018, which is a sequel. Yes. To the which original is actually Halloween. really good. I actually liked it a lot. I was very mad on it. That's completely fair. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed it enough to give it a thumbs up, but I could see giving it a. There was also a Friday the 13th remake somewhere in the mid aughts Somewhere that, like that one is fucking awesome because it's starring Sam Winchester. Oh, seriously? God, that's Jared right. Padalecki as Jared Padalecki. the protagonist who comes to save the day <laughs> looking for his lost sisters. Classic. Classic movie. Yeah. Does he still have his flowy hair? I think he does. I think he looks exactly like Sam Winchester. Oh, my it God. It was during Supernatural. 
Yeah. Dude, what wasn't during Supernatural? Like, after 9-11, fucking Supernatural started, and it never has ended. What are we on, the 18th season now? 15th. They started the newest and final season, and I cannot tell you how excited I am. (laughs) But I will... I need to do a whole Supernatural oh, episode yeah. at some point, so we're not, we won't yeah. talk about that now. But ooh, ooh, ooh. Hold, to hold put this in perspective, <laughs> I stopped about season eight, and that puts me almost a decade behind this show. Yes, it, it went through a foggy halfway, period, yeah. but it got it got so good because they stopped giving any fucks. Correct. So, but, okay, so that's a, I'll, I'll give a quick recap because we just went on a real tangent. Uh, basically, slashers have inklings of beginnings in the 60s and early 70s, really kick off mid to late 70s around halloween being the sort of biggest example get through pretty much the mid 80s i would say uh that early 80s late 70s time is their peak they kind of fall apart after freddy krueger starts getting introduced and everything gets watered like and watered the original down. run the original sort of run and then a brief stint of meta neo slashers in the mid 90s like a brief spike and then we've had a vague remake renaissance in heavy quotes because nothing good has really come of it, to be honest. Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th. And, and the Rob Zombie Halloween is also The first one's okay. The, the second one, one is dog shit. But yeah, the first one's so awesome. Nuts. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's our basic history of these slasher films in case you're not aware of them. Yes. And to, to be fair, that those are, that's just when the famous blockbusters happened the entire time. There's been a never-ending oh. slew of horrible slashers yes. getting pumped out. Not, I shouldn't say horrible. They're like, they're B-horror movies, so they're fun. Piddling Some to awful, them. yes. Yeah. Like, the kind of things you go to a gas station and like, oh, wait, I can buy four, like Friday the 13th, <laughs> four, five, six, and seven on one disc for $5? <laughs> yeah, sure. By the, way, my mother by the way, up. way to pick four of the most entertaining Friday the 13th yeah. to talk shit about as the bargain bin. Because those are objective. Well, that's four why they made the collector's edition out of those. Four, four of those. Those are the best. Like in my opinion, those are some of the best. Yeah, you can honestly, they're all good except for Jason goes to hell and Jason takes Manhattan. If yeah, Jason's name is end. in the title, except for Jason X, skip it. Because totally Jason X is fucking awesome. Silly. <laughs> yeah, we want to go through uh, a couple of the tropes. Like uh, we talked about the history of the genre, but really, what yeah. defines the genre? That's what I was going to say next. Is why are we even talking about these? Because there's horror that should already encompass it, shouldn't it? But it's somebody on loose, people, whatever. What it to your guys' mind? What makes a slasher a slasher? Yeah, I mean, there's a few things. Yeah, uh, for me, the biggest one is um, kind of like the message of it is we have to maintain sort of white middle class values, and that's the person who wins. We have that uh, trope of the virgin girl, like the virgin hero. She's the last one to survive, mm-hmm. and like all the big ones. Yeah. Uh, so the yeah. So it is the final girl is what she's usually final referred girl. to. Right? Final girl is the. Uh, yes. It is typically important that she is a virgin. The group yeah. of people that she has with her are a group of friends to different levels of closeness, and they usually include certain archetypes such as jock, stoner, the nice guy she's dating, slut, slut. To be completely frank, I don't mean. We're, we're talking yeah. about archetypes as the way that. They slashers are, force our reality to be into something that it isn't. How they are portrayed on film. Yeah. yeah. And it, it's something that they play a lot with in the uh, the meta films later, which I just God, remembered. Yes. There's another one called Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. God, I can't believe I forgot. That was the whole a, point. It's a real banger, and they, they go through all of these tropes. So it's yeah. uh, important to, to look at that if you're interested. So we've got the final girl and then like her cavalcade of other sinners. I yeah. was going to say the meat car. 
which is basically these are these people are going to be the body count in the film, which is also I would say a trope. It's usually I think the least one that I watched had a body count of like three or four. Sometimes they're small because yeah. sometimes they only have the group of friends. Exactly, and that's all they got to work yes. with. You know. And so it's always uh, like Black very, Christmas was that way. Yeah. Maybe three or four people die. So I think movies like older movies like Black Christmas are more likely to have straight like, oh, he choked her out or whatever. But mm-hmm. they start upping the deaths every time. And so uh, uh, creative deaths are a big part of it as well. Yeah, I would definitely say that's a trope. Even even earlier ones still have relatively creative deaths. It's just the scope is what really went up like. Texas Chainsaw, even though it's not technically one, it's it's sort of a in-between, which is another thing I want to talk about eventually is the in-betweener movies. I have a couple mm. of them. Um, but something like Texas Chainsaw has, like, the meat hook kill, right. the freezers, like, still has creative, like, ingenuity things. But I think that is a definite staple is your killer has to be kind of interesting with how he's doing this. Right, but he, it's because he's not doing, like, exciting, interesting, different kills every time. It is, like, yeah. we're, we've stepped into a very specific nightmare, and they do this same general thing to everybody that they catch. So without really realizing it, you guys have kind of acknowledged what I think is another trope. There is the major exception in Friday the 13th, but the killer is almost always a man. Oh. Oh, into the yeah. first Friday the 13th, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's because it's it's part of like the patriarchal setup. That yeah, comes exactly. From, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it, it is easier to make a strong, burly looking guy a scary threat to all of these yeah. young people who are doing whatever. And like, it is yeah. always one very recognizable, like you can put him on a movie poster, scary man. That the, is always the killer. The the pers- the the killer always has a signature look, no matter what. Yeah, they need they need to have a, a bit or else that movie gets lost. Forever. Exactly. Easy easy things to notice. Except for another notable example, Sleepaway Camp. I won't give it away. Sleepaway Camp's an interesting in- but in- like exception. Sleepaway Camp is like a legit normal slasher. It's like not that good for most of it, but the ending is like fucking absolutely wild. Yeah. So I would say like though it is good, it is an exception because if I think about like Freddy's got his face, Jason's got his face, uh, how, uh what's his name? Um uh, I'm gonna let you Halloween. hang yourself on this. Uh, one. Michael Myers has <laughs> his face. Wait, what uh, were you saying to remind yourself of his name? What's his face? Oh, you're saying Halloween. I thought Halloween, you were saying Halloween. I, I was hearing homily, homily, homily. homily. <laughs> yeah, what was that homily I listened to where the priest was talking about Michael Myers? Saint Michael Myers. That's Saint what it was. Michael Myers shall rain down no. his sweet Saint- vengeance upon you sinners. <laughs> and lo, Saint Michael Myers said, "Yeah, baby." <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> that is Mike Myers. Thank I'm, you. Of course. And you are so absolutely correct. Sleepaway Camp is only one of the top ones amongst like horror-specific fans. It's not amongst everybody the same way that Jason and Michael and yeah. Freddy are. Sort of an artist's artist. Like, yeah. the people in like, the community are like, that's She's dope. like another rank down. Correct. Yeah. Um. So that that's the that's part of it, yes. Yeah. So they have to have like the specific bit is kind of what makes it. And they always have, they get defeated at the end, pop up for one more scare, get killed very soon after yeah and then they usually get sequel after sequel of coming back and that's where we started getting to where they're more supernatural because they can't just die yes. outright um halloween does the the fake out kill and never really addresses why it works but most every other film series 
does address why they're getting up again. Well, it's like uh, like Halloween does the fake out kill. You've got the scene of the girl like in the boat at the end of Friday the Thirteenth, where Jason comes Ooh, up. Beautiful, <laughs> yeah, beautiful. Yeah. You've got the end of Nightmare on Elm Both Street, where the hand yeah. where the the mother is waving goodbye, and oh. then the, 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 the uh, convertible top comes up, and it's the Freddy sweater. Yeah, and then Freddy's hand comes out and sucks the mother in. Well, yeah, we, no, we talked about that one because the they had multiple endings, and everybody wanted to do their own and had different opinions. Correct. So they started shoving like all of them in. So a lot of people Basically. don't like. Like yes. it. I like how rubbery it looks when the mom gets sucked in through the door. I think it's oh bizarre yeah, when Freddie pulls the sex doll through. Yeah, yeah it's fucking yeah. terrible. Yeah, but you're right. They <laughs> it always does look have, weird and dreamlike though. That is definitely a trope though. That the the false ending. Yeah, and there's uh, there's something about the killer always being like less than human. Uh, with the exception being in Halloween, it's only in the first one. They knock his mask off for a second, and you see that he's like a normal looking guy. Oh, uh, dude. When everybody had expecting for his face to be fucked up or something. And that's like a significant point in the movie for people who like analyze these types of things. Yeah. Most, most movies aren't like that. You knock the face, the mask off near the end and it's like, ah! I didn't realize He's how a much monster underneath too. Yeah. Disfigurement of some kind is a pretty key thing. Cause even yeah. with something like Texas chainsaw, Leatherface's mask is horrible, but he is, purposely considered there is a disfigurement or deficiency of some kind because he's basically like they call him like a simple t- like he is yeah, not no, this you yeah, know thing he is something there's something ro- wrong in quotes with the person physically right. or like like there's an actual defect and he's earlier so you don't see as much of it but in Correct. the later ones we have that it's usually like what's wrong with them is partly society did something to them to push them and that it's not always that they later, didn't yes. deserve it but like, because like Freddy Krueger, obviously, but uh, <laughs> but he is burnt because people burnt him. You yes, know? like deservedly, Jason, but yes, yeah, like Jason drowns in the lake because the counselors weren't watching. That's him, a legit tragedy. You know? Yes, yeah, like that's that's the real one, and they have a lot of that. It's usually something bad happens to the killer, the killer comes back to avenge it. This is a, a funny place where Halloween we can see kind of is writing some of the tropes, but still is not trafficking in all of them because at the beginning of the movie, Michael Myers is a child and he kills yeah. his parents <laughs> and he's standing out there. And then Dr. Loomis like comes kills out. And, he kills his sister. Yeah. That's right. And then Dr. Loomis comes out like, he's pure evil. <laughs> I have looked into the soul of evil. Like you're talking to a child, a child who clearly needs some help. To be fair. Evil. He he doesn't show up right when he's evil. A, right when he's a child, like later on after he's been studying yeah. him for like three decades, is like I tried everything. That boy is evil. You know you what's funny about had... three decades? It's fifteen years. He was like six or seven when he did that, and he gets out when he's like twenty-two. Oh well, yeah. Still, Past the teenage years, that's when you can tell for sure that they're evil forever. <laughs> no, I'm sure he got. I'm sure he did the. He had the devil's eyes two weeks ago before they were moving him. That's when he figured it out. Yeah. Oh, and it certainly had nothing to do with the 15 years of. I think this boy might be evil. I think he is evil. Are you evil, child? But, I, th- I think uh, that evil murderer might be evil. Don't you mean the 10 year old boy who's been here for four years that you haven't helped? No, I mean the devil. <laughs> Points right at the kid. <laughs> No. That boy in there, like Michael Myers is looking at them through the asylum door. That boy right there, locks eyes, who is irrevocably evil. So it is actually important, I think, that it is they beat you over the head with the fact that Michael Myers is not crazy. He is yeah. evil incarnate, which is important because people actually have criticisms over the original Halloween because they say like it's not 
fair towards people with mental health issues. And I'm like, that is not what they were saying. He doesn't have mental health issues. They said he's basically a demon born on this earth to cause nothing but mayhem and carnage. The the only reason he's in the asylum at the beginning is because he's a child when he commits these acts. And Loomis basically goes, I spent years trying to save him. And then or he's like, I spent like seven years trying to save him. And the next seven trying to make sure he never gets out. Yeah. Like. It specifically does not have psychopathy. Yeah. It doesn't have antisocial personality disorder. It's, it's, not, just it's, it's just he's evil. Evil person. Yes. Which is better. You don't, I don't need you muddling my, my I, killer like that. Outside <laughs> of the movie, do you guys want to know something fucked up? I'll give you two guesses <laughs> who has the first listing on IMDb, uh, cast and order of appearance. Who... Who who do you think is first in that one? In in Halloween? In Halloween. Like who, sorry, Mike not in order of appearance. Uh you would think like there's clearly one person that we want to have at the top of this list. Who do you think it is? Mike Myers. There's a guess. Donald Pleasance. It is Donald Pleasance. Because yes. I was definitely thinking it's Jamie Lee Curtis. It's he obviously was, Jamie no, Lee but Curtis. Back then Jamie Donald Lee Pleasance was way more famous than Jamie oh, Lee. He was absolutely the veteran famous actor compared to Jamie Lee, who was doing like her fourth movie, maybe? Like I don't even uh, that's know. her breakout role. Yeah. Like she's nobody at that point. Yeah, she had Slumber Party in two a, years later. In a re- uh, prom night was one of her big ones prom as well, night, where that's she's what a screen queen. That's that that helped her establish this and Halloween helped her establish as a screen queen. Um which is great because she is the daughter of um, Tony Curtis and Vivian Lee. Vivian Lee, who was, uh, or Janet Lee rather. Janet Lee was uh, Marion Crane, who gets killed in the shower in Psycho. That's so. It's so a generation crazy. I forget of about that every time. I totally forget. Yeah. Can you describe Scream Queen for people who do not know that term? A, <laughs> I guess a Scream Queen would be potentially a final girl, though not always, but features in slasher movies. And is known for screaming and being terrified and chased by the villain. Do you have a- yeah, I, I just okay. say it's like a like a female actress popular in horror films and particularly known for their scream. For the scream, exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's it's weird to me, but I always imagine them in the same pose as Shelley Duvall, like when Jack Nicholson is breaking down the door and That's Shelley pose, Duvall yeah. is screaming. Yeah. Like I know that Shelley Duvall is not a scream queen, but it's very much like that is like ooh, there's a spot she, for this to be a niche. She deserves either an honorary degree or like scream queen asylum. Like she needs to be allowed. Yeah, on, like the, you know what I mean, like on the line. Yeah, where you queen, get like yeah. all scream queens are part of the Shelley Duvall school of acting. Like that's that's yeah. The she least gets her honorary doctorate from Scream Queen High School or college or whatever. Yeah, You're right. I can start <laughs> listing some, but it's, oof. they're not usually well known. Are like, there any real notable, like two or three notable ones other than the ones we've talked about? It's all it's all B horror shit that like I would no. Give uh, I mean they they don't know them, so we might as well well because there's say like, some names out there. One of my one of I really like is uh, Barbara Crampton. Is the oh, girl yes. in Reanimator? She's so. Oh, she is a trooper. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah just... that's... <laughs> Who else we got? Uh, well, I mean, Jamie Lee Curtis is obviously considered yep. one. Um, but I mean, there's the the girl in Sleepaway Camp got known as a scream queen afterwards. I forget her name. It's like <sighs> Felicia something. Sure. <laughs> but uh, okay. Yeah, she's got some. Would you guys consider Drew Barrymore from Scream? Mm, no, no. she does. She only does scream, really. Yeah, I guess the movie's called Scream, but <laughs> and <it's, laughs> thank you, dude. <laughs> there's also a TV, sh- like an MTV oh, TV show called Scream Queens which... that had Jamie Lee Curtis in it. Yeah, it did, and the first season was good. Emma Roberts is in that movie yep. or uh, the TV show, show and American Horror Story. So Sleepaway Camp, it's Felissa Rose. Felissa, Felissa Rose, Rose yeah, yeah, she's good. Yeah, there's she's... some. They're real. All honestly, 
pretty much every scream queen you think is a trooper. Like they just have to get put through some shit during the movie. Oh yeah, so. it's, it's very hard to act on horror Absolutely. films. Absolutely, I feel like um, you have to you have to go through some stuff and like all the special effects and shit need to, like sound horrible to go through. And then God forbid imagine. you've got a director like Ridley Scott who's not even gonna tell you the horrifying fucking thing that's about to happen. Oh yeah, yeah. That actually is a good little um, transition because I have one we've already talked about with Texas Chainsaw, but I've got two other movies that I think fit a few of our tropes, but don't fit all of them. And I wanted to get your opinions on where these fit in terms of being accepted over the uh, horror slasher border by immigration service whether they'll be like will, <laughs> will they, they will they get a, a pass yeah will they get the thing but do they need to get an asylum paper as like scream card they kind of work a scream card scream card i can drive in scream, scream town i've got a scream card <laughs> <laughs> um but so we talked about the chain texas chainsaw massacre to go back to last week's episode the original and only the original alien because it features a uh, killer with a unique signature look, a uh, group of diverse, potentially stereotypical, depending on it, uh, cadre of people. You've got a final girl who, based on all of the weird sex stuff that goes on in the in sex themes of Alien, is pretty virginal, all things considered. Um, and you've got a fake out, uh, think the killer is dead, fake out for one more, and then is thrown away. I I would not give Alien a scream card. It uses a lot of tropes. I would not say that the the crew is like normal high school. Type I would agree. Group. That's why I kind of yeah, yeah. I would not call. It's not a high school Ellen, group. No, it's not. I definitely not call Ellen Ripley virginal. But she is a final girl. Yeah. No, she operates very much. Especially in, that same in way. the sense of, and this is another thing we didn't talk about as a trope is the empowerment of the final girl, who usually starts off rather. Meek, and I'm not saying Ripley does. I'm saying for the yeah uh, genre trope, is kind of starts out a little more timid and grows in courage to face off with her attacker. Yeah. For me, uh, the, on the one side, there is the original tagline of the movie, and I forget what her name is. It's a woman copywriter who writes it. Uh, in space, no one can hear you scream was the tagline for Alien, which I thought was like, I know. That's isn't it good. still it was the tagline? So hard for me to not interrupt with cream. <laughs> We're on the same no, wavelength. Like, all I wanted to say: cream, cream. <laughs> you mean cream? Um, however, <laughs> it's space. No one can hear you cream. <laughs> you just like you're in the airlock. Come on! Well, you no, the whole point is you can't. No hear one it. can well, no, hear like, it. It would like be while the airlock is like uh, evacuating or de-aerating. <laughs> the problem is we're not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That um, made me viscerally upset in my stomach. So, Brian, when you were describing why Alien should fit, because it fits all the genres, I feel like I read a very good, like, undergraduate paper. Uh, just, oh, no. You have a compelling point, and you have valid arguments. You're wrong, but you have some... You, it's, <laughs> and I good try there, sport. I understand you're playing devil's advocate there. Yeah, I'm but, bringing uh, these up as, like... No, of course. I'm, I'm bringing them up to the border going, yeah. please, let me in. No, because like, no asylum for, for Alien because you forget about the almighty creature feature, which has been around even it's already longer. Got, and, you know, it's already got a home. Yeah, you it doesn't need to be Head here. back onto yes. your country. <laughs> creature featureonia. <laughs> Wherever they come from. Croatia. Cre I thought you were going to say cream again. Cream. <laughs> uh, cre cream. Um, the other one, which I think actually has has a weird 
I don't think it has an argument, but it fits vague like notions of the genre is Candyman. Candyman. Candyman Candy is an interesting. Don't say Candy it five times. Man. We don't Candy have a mirror. Candyman. No, ooh, I literally. Ooh. There's a mirror right behind you. Please I will literally me. run out of time if I had to say <laughs> the number of times that they request in that film. <laughs> require you to say it's it. It's five, and it's way too it's long for too a word of that many syllables. Correct. Um, but uh, it features a lot of vague versions of things. Like another, sl- another small body count movie. There's only not including. There's like four, four other people in the movie who die. Like mm. not related to either the main character or Candyman or anything. Um, but it has two sequels that I think I would argue are way more slashery. Like that sounds right. You I know what I mean? The sequels. Like the, I watched the second one, uh, "Farewell to the Flesh," which is great, great title, great sequel title, bad movie, I not imagine, good at all. Yeah. But like doubles the body count. Uh, the sort of motivations are there's a backstory of they do an express express like flashback version of here's why this killer is killing. You know, like that sort of thing. So it brings up a little more of that. Uh, and to be honest, he's just so signature. Like he looks so good. Like his iconic visual of like this oh, big yeah. fur coat and Tony Todd's voice. Like no, they Candyman, they, Candyman. He feels like a horror icon. They, do, but I don't know if he's a slasher icon. They lump some like when you start expanding who gets to be part of the main group of like the slasher legends yeah Candyman gets in there pretty quick but i would definitely not say that Candyman is a slasher film i I agree yeah i don't think the first one is Uh, yeah that's all that's all i'm speaking i think the franchise because i I haven't seen the third one but i think the last two they are cheaper enough and bad enough to be in this slasher genre because they follow the conventions more straight up. It's the exact same thing with Hellraiser where Pinhead is Thank another you. like completely iconic like horror villain antagonist yeah. but also Hellraiser not a slasher again. Can we uh, just acknowledge really quick that Hellraiser has one of the most iconic lines in our friend group that I have repeated and I have heard repeated to me several <laughs> times and that line is Jorge could you tell me? You, I think you got it buddy. You really can do seems it. like you've got it's, it. It's uh, come to daddy <laughs> it's, it's, it's so and I, I, I entirely at this point I entirely forget the context of that line but it's it is the, the oh my god it's is it Frank wearing yeah the the main girl's dad's brother who gets taken to Frank. see such sights his, his name is Frank. Frank yeah he is possessing the body of her father no he is not he is wearing his skin. skin. Yeah. Yeah. He's literally not possessing. He right, is a flesh right. man and he is using the skin because he starts the the uh the things like the seams yeah. of like his cheekbone, like where that meets up, start to bleed out excessively. And she's like, what is going on? And she not like hits him and I think it like Yeah. Come but yeah, he's He's talking to his like niece who she th- initially thinks is her father, but it's this guy and he's like, come to daddy <laughs> and it, it god he he lingers on that labial so gosh he, don't he, like that word you just said i mean you meaning literally m he I really doesn't it's the thing yeah i have watched that movie many times i know that that's what we said repeatedly but he says it i think he just totally says, come normally. to daddy like <laughs> and it's in our head we started spelling it c-u-m and elongating <laughs> the m <laughs> With how much of a pervert Frank is, I think he did also spell means, it C-U-M. He means come to daddy. We're saying what he's thinking out yes, loud when we yes. do that. We just I understand gotcha. the characters so well. Because that uh, that's 
the other point I wanted to make about slashers, I feel almost like if it's a legitimately good movie, it's probably not a slasher. I was going to actually get, I wanted to talk about that a little bit. And Taylor, I kind of want to get your opinion on this because I think I might know where you're going, Jorge. Does quality kind of matter? Because barring Halloween, every other movie that's kind of been in and out or like, huh, iffy on it is good. Like it Texas just, Chainsaw is like widely regarded as like a masterpiece. And yeah. it's like, we don't, we, we, we kind of went, eh, it's not really one. Psycho the same way, because even though it's a little earlier, but like Candyman, no, because it's this mysterious, like romantic, you know, weird thriller horror yeah. than anything else. Like Alien the same way, because it's the sci-fi. Like, so I, I mean, does I think quality kind of count? It, I think it is, but it's like a byproduct of what the actual thing is, which is for to have a good movie, you're usually introducing something novel. You know, you're not just rehashing the same storyline and like because there are so many slashers that re-slash the same concept, you know, they all start to become kind of old hat. It is you're just doing the same thing over and over again. The yeah. second that you break the mold, all of a sudden it's not really a slasher because we've defined it so narrowly, you know? Yeah. I think those those movies that define the genre were all, like, very good movies for their time. Like, they're sure. either blockbuster hits, and that's what makes them great, or they're, like, you know, in their construction, really enjoyable Critical films. darlings. Like, yeah, yeah, like, a Psycho, as sort of the, the one of the forefathers of the genre, incredible movie, it's Alfred Hitchcock, everyone. Like, it's one of yeah. the most iconic scenes in film. <laughs> now that, ree, 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 you know, or turning around, Norman, Norman. <laughs> yeah. Um, and same thing with Texas chainsaw massacre like it's it's regarded as a really well put together film same thing with halloween though it's it was a blockbuster success i don't think anyone goes around like i think we should study halloween more Dude, i think people really Hall like i was halloween. gonna say i think it's the only notable exception to what we're talking about i think it is a still like thought of and brought about although it might be for defining the tropes i think it's i because i disagree i don't think halloween is like i mean it's a good movie like it's fine I it's but it's, I, I, I don't really like it that much i think it's boring i don't think it really does anything crazy you know i, I guess I, what i meant was uh <laughs> is this the kind of mover movie that ebert and whoever would give thumbs up to he would have given thumbs up to psycho he would have given thumbs up to uh texas chainsaw and he would have maybe given a thumb up for halloween but what about nightmare not, no, I don't think so. Ba based on so, See, to me, the original Nightmare on Elm Street is like one of the ones that's actually. I mean, no, it's not even good. It's like campy as fuck. I think that's it's a the good. Thing. It's a good slasher. Yeah, it's a good slasher, and that's what it is. It's like a when, when bar. we finally those things that I created the genre are critically successful as well as blockbuster successful. When we get to slashers, they're just pure enjoyment. Uh, they're just they're 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 uh, guilty pleasures, popcorn style yeah. like. Which I, I think it's completely fine for a movie to be there for entertainment. Like, yeah. That's like, for me, no, I have no yes. struggles with it. It's not a problem for me, you know, but like, yeah, we're going to talk about it being like a good, good movie, you know. Maybe Scream, but like. Uh, yeah, I like think the, that got some critical have, success for talking with, about. It's the meta ones that'll yes. get more of that, that kind of reputation. Yeah. Cabin of the Woods had a similar, yeah. like, got positive critic buzz mm -hmm. and got actual buzz because it was talking about other things. Well, I also think that speaks, and this is just me, that speaks to critics really like movies that are about writing. Like, they fucking yeah. eat that oh, shit dude. up. And so when we have meta films, like, oh, yeah, you're a writer and you're making writers look cool. Taylor, like, <laughs> why do you think the artist won Best Picture in 2012? Oh, yeah. Because it was a movie about movies. Yeah. They love jerking their own horn. I mean, tooting their own dick. I mean, uh, toot, you know. Solid. <laughs> so, yeah. 
They really do. They like me- they like movies about movies. They like things that are talking about themselves. Art for art's sake and that yeah. kind of shit. Yeah. So one of the uh, tropes that we missed is also the uh, the harbinger. How do you is that how you pronounce harbinger. it? Harbinger. 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 Okay. Cool. I've I've tried so many different things over my life. <laughs> Harvingensen. It's a B. Yeah. Uh, but harbinger. Harbinger. I've tried everything. But Off of a- my favorite search engine. Bing. <laughs> Dude, Bing is so unbelievably bad. I'm Enough. sorry. I'm I have to just say, you can. I've never used a search engine where you can search and then literally not find what you're looking for. <laughs> they always, they always do a uh, an image, like a an image from around the world. You know, like a big high def picture. Sure. And they had one of a beach, and they missed that somebody had drawn a giant dick in the sand. <laughs> <laughs> you can look it up, man. I'm not lying. Um. But getting off of Bing, back under the Harbinger, there usually is it's something that they talk about in Cabin in the Woods Yes, as well. It's something it's funny in Tucker and Dale versus Evil because they themselves are the Harbingers <laughs> to their own <laughs> nightmare. <laughs> it's a kind of a role reversal type thing. But uh, we definitely have them in like Friday the 13th. There's always like the crazy guy. This is basically a character that says turn back now. They, it, yeah. This is meeting this character usually for the uh intrepid you know potential meat car of victims uh is the last chance to get away from the potential killer yeah last stop before you're in the movie yes yes exactly i love it when it always happens in a gas station like Oh, well, y'all going up to the camp? Well, we don't really talk about what happened at the camp. Cool. I'll take my pork rinds, and I'll be on my way to that camp. Yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> I wish he was so chill. He's usually like, no, oh, no, yeah. no, don't go to the camp. It's, it's, oh, don't go to the camp. It's usually, uh, Friday the 13th specifically, but, like, they're talking to, like, the gas station. Where are you going? Oh, we're going to Crystal Lake. Camp Crystal Lake? <laughs> You're going to die there. Everyone gets killed and massacred and full of blood. You know, all that sort of, like. What a kook. They love yelling. And they're like, oh, my God. Please just let. I'm just Please try- stop, sir. I'm literally trying to go to a summer camp. Be I'm like- going to be around Cub Scouts. I think I'll be fine. I cannot have you harshing my vibe before I hang out for three months with a metric fuck ton of children. Like the only thing close to that I ever had was when I would go to town and they would see me in my scout, in, my, in the uniform yeah. I had for camp. Um, they Anyone I went to would go like Mike Jalis still work there yeah what's that long-legged son of a bitch up to <laughs> just like without fail oh every single person I would talk to just would talk about the superintendent oh my God. that's so funny did what what other what are the tropes you got I think that's oh I've got one that I wrote on and I think you've disagreed sure. with me Jorge um yes, in the big ones uh mostly in Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street, each of the murders takes place either in a scene of illicit like sexual action or in suggested illicit sexual action. I would I think that's too specific, but I would associate I would say that there are a lot of associations in the films of sexual promiscuity and violence. Like they w- violence yeah, being precipitated on the sexually promiscuous. There's the strip poker game in Friday the Thirteenth, mm-hmm. the big one where a couple of people end up getting murdered when they're going to yeah. or from from that. Uh, there is the couple that's having sex in the beginning of uh, Nightmare on Bacon, Elm Street. Right? In no, no, it's no. In the, in the second one, I think Kevin Bacon. 
Kevin oh. Bacon's in the first uh, Friday the 13th. Yes, yeah, so that's get, what it he is. Gets the yeah. He gets the arrow through. Yeah, the, that's what I'm thinking. When he's of, on yeah. the bed, yeah. Oh no, I thought you were talking about Nightmare on Elm Street. That's Johnny Depp. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he and gets Johnny the Depp. But you're talking bed. about Friday the 13th with the poker game. Um, and yeah, the I'm talking. About, I was going to move to Friday the 13th, where the couple is <laughs> okay. having sex at the beginning, and she gets lifted, and the blood spatter in the tilting room effect that we talked about on that one episode. In Nightmare. Yeah. Well, I, I hope they're not having sex because she was asleep. Yeah, she was asleep. That's how she's in the nightmare. But that's oh, why shit. I'm talking. But it about is right post point. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. And then uh, like broadening the, it out to the, the famous hand scene where Leather Heather Langenkamp, uh, he she Lang- doesn't Langenkamp, whatever, <laughs> whatever Heather Langenkamp. Uh, so is she the reason she doesn't get killed there is because we have like a, a sexually suggestive scene of the hand coming up while she's in the tub saying, Mom, go away. I'm busy. Like, OK, this is like you're setting up and they do this twice in the movie, a boy and a girl. Like this is a masturbatory looking setup where like tub, relax, candles are lit in the same way that Johnny Depp, when he gets killed, he's got the television there like on his bed. And he and his mom comes in. And like, What headphones. are you doing? It was like watching porn, mom, or like wild, wild girls of the West or whatever. But it's still like when you look at the tableau at the moment when he gets killed, like you look like you just jacked off Johnny Depp. I don't know if you just look like that all the time, but you kind of look like you just well, jacked but off. That's because they're always in places where they'd be falling asleep in nightmare. That's the thing. Yeah. You fall and asleep in tubs? Nightmare's not the one to look at. It would, it would be. I'd have to hear more. I'd have to have you elaborate in like normal slashers, you know, where they're not all asleep. You're right. I mean, uh, so I wrote on this uh, to talk about Get Out, and I talked about Friday the 13th, Halloween, and Nightmare on Elm Street specifically, because those are the ones that have like really strong visual markers in Get Out, and that seems to be the one that it's uh, conversing with, like those slasher movies in particular, mm-hmm. um, and a kind of like a couple of fun visual cues that I think are a little bit more than nods. Okay. Um, so I wrote about, you know, like what happens when we racialize uh, like the trope, because it's usually all whites, uh, who are getting murdered, or the black guy dies first? Always one. Yeah, that you. Yeah, the black guy dying first used to be a very a pretty heavy trope in I would say the early mid eighties. I think that was probably the time when it came around because that's what they say. But I, I never say. really saw it it's too not too much. Too consistent like, to be honest, because I even in part five of Nightmare, I remember who basically who the black guy is. There's also a, a black lady there too. But they do not die first. Like, they right. are middle of the movie. Yeah, it's never been a for sure thing. Yeah. No, and I think it's much more like the 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 slashers that we don't talk about because they're not good. That's yeah, where that that's also a that trope yes, really absolutely. comes into play heavily. And Get Out seems to be talking about a lot of this. Like, you put a yeah. black Definitely. man in a yeah, scary yeah. situation, that tension is already there because he's a black guy in a horror film. And, like, that's – and then how many other ways can we suggest well, horror, yeah. like, your language of horror films throughout this movie? Isolated around a bunch of white people more than – Yeah, that seems to be at all. more like, it, of, it, it the, more of the text. It could have been a comedy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm saying, like – Guess uh, Who's Coming for... to Dinner is the comedy version of Get Out. Is that the one with Ashton Kutcher? No. Okay, no, no, no. that's oh, the Jorge, sequel? Stop it. That is the – the race race flipped sequel or uh, 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 <laughs> remake called Guess Who, which is uh, so objectively horrendous that or, I don't. Uh, okay, I, Ashton Kutcher tells black jokes at the dinner it's table. It's so horrid. It's oh, it's horrid. I'm pretty sure Sidney Poitier is in the original it one, is. and it's much better. It's Sidney Poitier in like the I early same Poitier. <laughs> it is. He's nice. I can just say that for a whole podcast. I, moving a little off Sorry. of that, I will say that uh, horror has always been interesting because they are both like, I mean, there's sometimes a lot of the themes they bring up are pretty misogynistic and and Thank white you. based, actually what but gonna... at the same time, they are some of the more, they've be, always been some of the more progressive films for Thank you. always ha- like 
I mean, think about the original Night of the Living Dead. What what year is that? 1968. Yeah. Yeah, and like they made it. Well, Romero said like he just didn't didn't cast. He for essentially color. casted colorblind. Yeah. But uh, you know, who knows? But they've well, always they've always been down to have women or minority people of color or anything as like the the leading roles, whereas other movies were not. Yeah, that's to the do that. uh, the most tragic point about the the end of that film is that it's just the black man who is the one like, no, here's what we got to do. We got to lock up the house. We're done with this. And everyone else and everyone else dies throughout the film. And he's the one who survives. And he hears the police and the, like the gang coming through like, Hey, we're clearing out the zombies. And he stands up and he gets shot. Yeah. And it's by a bunch of white rednecks. Too. White rednecks yeah. yeah. So you have that ambiguity. Is it because he's a zombie or is it because he's a lone black man? In a oh house? no, he definitely wasn't a zombie. Yeah. No, 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 no. But like, like you, you, what is their motivation <laughs> yeah, for shooting yeah, him? And yeah. that's the tension, and they just kind of leave the movie there. Like, oh, this was a really, really poignant way to say <laughs> this. By the way, zombies are a thing now. But yeah, you're right. I absolutely agree. They're always progressive. Yeah. At the same time as some of the tropes. I mean, like, I guess it's, yeah. it's hard to think well, beyond like what you're to, talking to, I mean, especially in terms of women. As a podcast of three guys, I'm going to be saying this. Oh, boy. Um, no, no, I... Buckle up, ladies. I, I just thought, no, no, no. I, it's nothing controversial to me. We're honest. about to tell you a thing or two about feminism. Is, I gotta turn you down. Let me tell you uh, what the R on tampon sounds me, for. Oh. <laughs> you want to um, know about my good friend Simone de Beauvoir? Oh. I'll tell you. I'm going to have a heart attack from all of these. No, no, I'm sorry, Brian. Tell us more about um, feminism. No, I just, what I'm saying is I found it fascinating the, like, what Jorge was talking about of sort of being unintentionally and intentionally subversive and misogynistic like you can read like there's certain one that actually was an underrated one in my mind uh which i also wanted to bring up with you and you if you have them of underrate like ones people don't really think of when they think uh -huh. of slashers um but one that is interesting is a movie called slumber party massacre yeah I know which it. sounds like the absolute run-of-the-mill whatever right? i haven't watched that one yet. uh i believe and let me vamp a little bit while i uh imdb this i well, believe while it you're directed, looking it up we yeah. can go through our like underrated slashers uh jorge you definitely start on that one because i know you've uh, got more than i do i mean my my big one is sleepaway camp for people who don't yes. know slashers well out so that's just like a, that ending is like woo! oh my god it's powerful uh for me child's play um, we don't. Really I love Child's Play. I, I like love Child's, Child's Play is pretty Play. iconic. It just got a remake. Yeah, this but year. it's uh, we didn't really. We talked about the remake briefly, but we did not include it in our like. Yeah, because oh, the, yeah. the movie's all right. The detective in Child's Play is Chris Sarandon. Yes, who I know is playing the vampire in Fright Night. Yes, uh, for for awesome. non for non horror people, he is Prince Humperdinck in Princess Bride. <laughs> Um, oh, oh, thank you. The other the other connection, uh, the Black Christmas, the lieutenant in Black Christmas is John Saxon, who plays Heather Langenkamp's father yes. in uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. That is correct. Yeah. Okay, but, so with Slumber Party Massacre, it is written and directed by women, and Whoa. the plot line is actually, it's actually a very specific sort of, not over, a pretty overt uh, feminist text as a film, Talking of, or at least has tones of it. I'm gonna say it that way so I don't, because I'm kind of talking <laughs> out of my depth. Um, but the the crazy thing is that the main uh, villain of it, the the killer, is called the Driller Killer, who yeah, has a yeah. giant long phallic drill, and it's them. You know, he does get you know victims, but they it, they're empowering, stopping of him, and like all this sort of stuff. It's pretty interesting to read in oh, that yeah. lens. Yeah, I like that. Um, so that's my underrated yeah. one. I would I would one recommend. Out, yeah. 
I think it. I saw it a couple years ago, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked it then. Can't As put it. Always, I can't give it. I can't give it a quality slasher asylum to, until you, I watch it again. You got to take everything we say with a grain of salt. Yes. Taylor, did you did you have one? Oh, you said Child's Play. Child's Play is really the only one okay. that I think we haven't talked about. Um, yeah, that's that's about the only one I've got off the top of my head. I had one more question before we can wrap this up. Shoot. Um, and this gets into a quality question again, but do you guys prefer to see the group of kids as likable or unlikable? As in, are you worried what when... What do you prefer in a movie? In the, in a movie, yeah, exactly. In a general slasher. I'll say a general slasher. Do you Ooh. prefer to like them or dislike them? Because it gives two different yeah. like, lenses of the movie. I would movie. say for sure the classic slasher thing is to make them disposable and not real characters, mm -hmm. which I don't really like. I like when they're very likable. Like when you spend some time getting to know... I love when you spend a good while where they're having fun together and like partying and doing... Mm -hmm funny things and you're like oh is this stuff oh wait i just remember what type of movie i'm in <laughs> yeah. i gotta i gotta detach a little bit from these, these people related to jorge's answer but slightly different i like it when you watch these movies in a group and different members of the group like different people like we all know who's going to live but like oh dude pot smoking guy no dude that guy's awesome he's bringing the fucking party here dude come, come on chad over there is fine like i love like when that dynamic starts to happen and, and something else about it is the if they are disposable, then it's fucking boring to watch those early scenes when they're not doing anything. Yeah. You're just waiting for the mayhem to start. But yeah, when you can when you can look at them and say like, "Oh, I identify with this one. Like we're having fun watching these group of people as yeah. the group of people that we are." Then you're you're enjoying the movie before it all starts, and you can enjoy the whole movie instead of just fucking trying to get to the end. I do have one great underrated slasher sure. piece. Excuse the, me. Uh, Cabin in the Woods musical evil dead the musical oh because uh, it starts the the main thought the, the <laughs> opening song is we're five college students on our way to an old abandoned cabin yeah, in the woods bars boys yeah. uh you are so but it's it's <laughs> so it's delicious it's, it's 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 a romp oh yeah you can i think you can find all of it on youtube but they, they, they have an album you can get to it's, it's really funny if you if you know evil dead which we hadn't talked about at all but that's like one of the best. Wouldn't call it a slasher, though. Yeah, it fit again. Fits a lot of boxes. Dude, ticks it a lot fits of boxes. a lot of boxes. That's like they're straight know. up at a cabin. Cabin in the woods is like the classic slasher thing. That's but actually just, yeah. But they're not. There's not one thing that's after them. They're but they're the kind of in a way plural. It's, like, but there's like there's the entity that they summon uh, when they start reading the Latin backwards or whatever it is they do out of the Necronomicon, and all they're they are a bunch of different things kill them. The moose kills one of them. The fucking like That's vines kill two. one of them. Well, That's the first one. one, the vines kill yeah. one of them. Evil Dead Two is essentially Evil Dead. They start <laughs> killing each other after they become demons. So like, well, I, right. I think it's just a little bit too diffused to be a I slasher think, I proper. Think that is the. I think you're correct because a lot of other stuff happens that is very yeah. similar to a I mean, slasher, but yeah. There's no strong lines on these. You know, it's not you have to get every trope of course. where it gets cut out, you know. So it's always we, we hard to tell We talked about movies that ticked these. more yeah. boxes that aren't slashers. You know what I mean? Like right. what it is and isn't is pretty it's kind of a vibe. Yeah. It kinda is a vibe. I forget who it's the one defense against uh, Larry Flynn that like kind of People failed versus out. Larry Flynn. Yeah, the people versus Larry Flynn. Like the the court finally said, like, well, can you 
define pornography. Oh, yeah. Like, like I don't know what porn is, but I know it when I see it. Like, we can't make laws based on that. And I think yeah. it's the same thing here. Like, it's it's difficult. We can name a lot of the tropes, but what determines is it? It checks all the same boxes, but it's not. Like, yeah. you know what? You just know it when you see it. You know a slasher when you're this watching it. This is why machine learning is better at classification than humans are in many cases. Just saying. Because... Because they they don't just do it on feeling and on like they have very specific they're parameters. Able, they're able to analyze every instance of something. So, for example, if you you can't really do it with movies right now, but if you could do it with slashers, each one of these tropes they talk about, they could how many get flagged by like how flagged. much of it is actually in and what weight does that trope have? It's like oh, so saying like, like a signature like looking killer is very weighted very heavily. So right. if you have a lot of that. You're more likely to be in. There'd be like a threshold if you get above a certain score, then we will classify it as. My interesting. My problem with this is that there's a scholar who did this type of work, uh, called like graphically plotted out like genre before and tried to make points about like how genre works by quantifying it, which necessarily is what an AI is doing. Like it's it's creating quantifications and then measuring like what well how much weight do we put to this number of tropes that this one has? Is it or is it not? And the the, uh, scholar's name is Frank Moretti. And Classic. I, I hate him. Like I hate him. And <laughs> a, a good friend of the podcast, Chris, uh, also hates him because he's like that's not what art is. It's not data points. On a, are you telling me your experience of art is data points, and that a, a set of data points correctly determines what is and is not art? Yeah, but classifying a movie as a slasher or not, I wouldn't say is art. You know, right? You're not but determining at the same its artistic time, merit. You're yeah. just determining. This made up the term genre that we have, of it, yeah. Like, right, but at the same point, which is already uh, a subgenre, it's, it's going to be the same thing with AI. Like, well, tell me the best of Rembrandt's paintings. Well, depending on what we consider to be the most iconic version of Rembrandt, like, what does this painting have more or less of those elements? Is this beginning I, of his career? Like, you can start to quantify. Yeah, that's art. not what they, they under- use that for. I understand. I understand, I understand, but like, that's the same sort of thing. Like, I don't think machine learning is good for this. I do think it's a gut instinct. That is a much longer conversation. Correct. Do we have anything else before we start moving on? Out? I'm pretty spent. Cool. I think I think we got through everything. I could use a beer. Yeah, it's time for me to go <laughs> to bed in my camp bed and imagine that I'm just going to wake up pleasantly in the morning. Are we friends on oh, slash? I, I bet we're going to... Continue pitter patter. Oh, the, I'm sorry. Through the end, please. Yeah, I yeah, didn't uh, realize. I thought we were running away. I mean, yeah, fuck it. I'm, yeah, I watch. I watch the slash. I'm honestly, I don't like slashers as much as Shannon does, dude. She fucking loves slashers. One more, Leprechaun. One more. Leprechaun. Fucking Leprechaun. <laughs> oh, I had that one in the chamber too. Uh, I had to get to it. What I'm is sorry. your point about it? It is, is a slasher. It is a slasher. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> no, is it, it the worst slasher that had six sequels? <laughs> diddly diddly d, a leprechaun is me. <laughs> and you'll be hearing more about Leprechaun Two come St. Patrick's Day. Oh my God, we have to do that <laughs> every year, man. There's a bunch. Oh. There's Leprechaun Four back in the hood. <laughs> there's there's to the hood and then back to the hood. He They're went like, back. Oh, that was good. Dude. We went, gotta hit it up not, again. Not back to the hood. Duh. Back to the hood. <laughs> And you know, as soon as we catch up with all the movies, they're going to start making remakes. There is a recent one no, there's not. produced by WWE Films, and I'm oh dead serious when I say that. Wow. Okay, but yes, I would say we are, we are friends on Slashers. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, just wanted to make sure. Just wanted it out there. Yeah, big time. Well, my co- my topic got everybody. Yay, I'm so good. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Note to myself, cannot like the next thing Brian brings to group. Okay. You, dude, we already have pro wrestling for that. You're good for like the next three years oh, of yeah. not liking my To the stuff. point where I dipped on an I, episode. You dipped on the <laughs> best one. Oh, God. Yeah, you should have started That's the one you would have enjoyed the most, honestly. Yeah, okay. Whatever. <laughs> 
What is not whatever, <laughs> though, you can always find us online at our website, r-we-friends.com, or on our Twitter and Instagram, both of which are at underscore arewefriends, and that's all one word. Please like, rate, subscribe, tell a friend if you like our episodes, or if you don't like our episodes, don't say anything, but still recommend it to a friend. Uh, if you don't like our episodes, you can message us directly Please do. privately. Yes. And we'll let you know what we think about you. Absolutely. <laughs> we will. I am an English major, and Jorge is mean, and Brian has a way with words. We will find a way to tell you exactly what we think of you. Uh, until next week, I have been your confidently strip-pokered co-host, Taylor. I am your uh, drill-killed co-co-host, Brian. And I'm still just Jorge. And we will see you at camp next week. <laughs>